Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Hail to the District podcast. He's Pat. I'm Rajan, and we are coming to you a handful of hours after our beloved Washington Commanders picked up win number one of the 2023 season, beating the Arizona Cardinals by a final score of 20 to 16. And Pat, I know we were joking both in our previous episode and before we got started that we thought Arizona would potentially not score a point in this game, given their situation at quarterback and the whole tank job and everything like that. But this game obviously turned out to be a lot closer than it should have been for a variety of reasons that we'll probably should probably should discuss over the course of this episode. So I'll kind of turn things over to you just to get the ball rolling as always. I look at this game basically, and there's three takeaways I have for this game. I'm trying to make it concise for you. Uh, and I know having looked at your outline beforehand, some of it will definitely overlap. The first one, though, is a win's a win, a win, a win. We won. Yes. Like, end of the day, I don't care how. We are one to know. Crazy stuff happens in week one. You know, I remember a few years ago, Jacksonville beat, I think, the Colts or somebody in week one behind uh, Gardner Minshew. They won one game the rest of the year. There was and a Jake DeLome year when the Panthers, I think it was one of when the Panthers, I can't remember when it was exactly, but Panthers won week one and went one and fifteen the rest of the or went zero and fifteen the next of the season. I think it was the year they drafted Juliet. No, it was the year before they drafted Cam Newton. I'm pretty yeah. sure, and they got number one overall for the for the Cam Newton pick. But yes, it's it is a wonky week. It's almost a preseason. It's a wonky week. week. Yeah, I mean teams haven't most starters haven't played in over three weeks, and uh, so all things considered, we got the win. That's all that matters. I was encouraged by the. Point two is I was encouraged that we won the game with the players that need to step up when we need them to step up. Uh, the defensive line won the game. The, the secondary played well in the second half. Uh, you know, I, I'll dub it the Montez sweat game, but really it, it was all of them. It was pain. We had, we had 11 tackles for loss today. Eight of them came from our defensive line. Uh, that's an incredible big time players make big time plays in big time games, right? Like sweat showed up and I've been a loud critic of sweat for three years uh he disappears a lot he did not disappear today so that was encouraging uh and my third takeaway from the game today was ron has this propensity to play not to lose um i went back and forth a little bit with uh i think what's his name craig ferguson not craig yep uh yep uh craig Craig, uh hoffman craig ferguson yeah hoffman craig ferguson late night guy but when we had the ball first and 10 at the 22 up by one point after uh, Sweat had forced another. Oh, well, he didn't force the fumble, but you know he recovered that. Kind of did. Uh, uh, the the three straight runs really annoyed the shit out of me. A hundred percent. Everyone, everyone on Twitter was like, "Oh, you got, I get it. Like, be conservative, take the three points, milk the clock there." I'm, and they're like, everyone knew they weren't going to score. So much can happen in the NFL that, like, I just if you have a chance to go for the juggler, you have to do it. I'm hundred uh, percent. I was. A, I, I, I wrote I'm down cool it was a surrender with- drive. I call I called it a surrender yeah. drive in my in my notes. I'm 100 percent in line with you. I was fuming. Uh, yeah. and I'm I would love to know the dynamic there between B enemy and Rivera. I'm very curious if Rivera was like, do this. Uh and it I, it wasn't necessarily the fact that we ran the ball three times. It was the way we ran the ball three times. Like second down, put put Sam in a little boot action and like tell him, hey, if nothing's there, slide and just let the clock tick. But if you get one first down, it effectively changes the entire last four minutes of that game. If you score a touchdown, everyone's like, oh, they won't score a touchdown. Well, at least you're up a touchdown at that point. Yeah. The the play that really, to me, like sealed what I was already thinking was the Allen sack on the next drive. Yep. Um, that, that was kind of an absurdly awesome play. Where he spun but, and fell into Dobbs. And we spun it, but he hit him square in the head. 
that was a roughing the passer. Easily could have been roughing the passer because he clubs him smack in the face mask. Uh, now, granted, it wasn't. Was today, who knows anything? The officiating. Was, I mean, it's usual. We always see this but, in the first four weeks, so it's just egregious. But it was it was particularly egregious again yeah. today. But my point is, like, yeah, Craig, uh, what's his name? Not Ferguson. Uh, whatever his name is. Hoffman. He kept being like, yeah, Hoffman. He's, he kept responding to me being like, it's a math game. I was like, I know it, I know, I can fucking keep score. I know what one plus three is, dude. Uh, the point is, is if you go, if you score a touchdown there, you're still only up a touchdown. But it eliminates any possibility of losing, basically. And so that annoyed me. But long story short, we won the game. My buddies, the Boogs sent me this tweet from Al Galdi, like September's about stacking wins. You know, it's it doesn't matter how you get them in the NFL. You just have to get the wins, and we did. I thought we were the better team the whole day. It was just a matter of we were going to figure out how to stop turning the ball over, which we did in the second half. I thought for portions of the third quarter, until the defensive line did the, did the, I'll take, I'll do it myself. And I'll circle back to that as well. But I thought there was a, I texted my friends. I was like, if we pull this win out the way we've been playing as of late, and I meant as of late in terms of like from like the second quarter into the third quarter, we didn't win to, des- we didn't deserve to win this game. However, as I joked in our notes, and I was like, particularly for my fellow MCU fans, although the MCU has been garbage for the last two years or years since the big, you know, since phase three, but it was the whole Thanos fine. I'll do it myself thing. That's, that's what the defensive line did. There was those two drives that you alluded to as well. It was right after the, um, fuck, I'll pull up my nose, but basically those two drives after the, I think Arizona went up 16, 10 and the defensive line just went straight ape shit on them. Uh, end of the third quarter. Yeah. So it was drive in. So obviously the Howell touchdown run was set up by that, but Payne had the tackle for the loss. Then, uh, James, um, James Smith Allen, James Smith and, Williams, excuse me, plus Jonathan Allen. And, and, Allen yeah. and then uh, culminated by the sweat strip stack. And then obviously, and then there was the, and actually the drive after that, people don't realize, but sweat had the tackle for a loss. Then curl blows up that beautiful, the beautiful blow up of the dump off pass to Connor. And then Rondell Moore falls down on the tunnel screen. The defensive line and basically the defense as a whole just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself because you guys clearly aren't going to be able to do it. Um, that turned the tide of the game. And that basically, put Arizona in a bad situation where they were like the momentum had clearly swung. I will agree hundred percent with you, not only to everything you said about the whole field goal versus touchdown, just from a pure math standpoint, if you want to go back to Hoffman, not that he's going to surrender his point, but instead of going up 20 to 16, you go up 24 to 16. The lack of touchdown goes four points. Now you have made an eight point game. So not only, Which even if the one includes a two point conversion, yeah, they still have to do a two point conversion. There's two hurdles for them to jump over. You know, I, I hated that. This is me also my griping, and I completely get it. But this is just still me thinking in Madden mode. But when Ron punted on fourth and one after that terrible, terrible uh, officiating, yeah, how how did we not win that challenge? It was. I mean, Dean Blandino does mental gymnastics to defend all the garbage calls that the referees do yeah. on the field. And he, he even, he yeah, was like, oh, even yeah, he was like, that's a bad call. They were like, like oh. maybe because they don't have a full, they, they can't see the other knee. I was like, dude, you don't need to see the other knee. The, the arm with the ball is on your yellow line. Yeah, it, it was uh, even with that. that. That was absolutely terrible. That, uh, that I actually thought either when we punted there, I was annoyed we punted too. I also, I was kind of like, I get it. I'm not like. Ron's putting there a hundred times at a hundred times, but it did give me deja vu to the Chargers game two years ago, uh, which was also the home opener when we punted at like the 50 when we were down, I think three points uh, with about six minutes left in the game. Herbert got the ball at the 10 yard line and just milked it all the way down the field. 
The I defense couldn't get on the field. Uh, I got deja vu from the Giants game. This I think it was the second Giants game, the one where we lost at home because I was watching with my friends and like Ron just kept punting fourth and one punt, fourth and two punt, fourth and one punt. And it's like we ended up, I don't know, we lost the game or tied that game. I can't remember if that was the loss or the tie, but it's like those surrender punts just add up. Like you kill your own momentum in that way. But I do get it because if you fail, you're giving Arizona the ball in plus territory yeah. and you're handing them the opportunity to score points. So I understand it, but that's, that's, that's my, that's my mindset. You can't talk about Eric Bieniemy being so aggressive in one hand and then punting on another or fourth on one, another hand. That's, that's just me. Dude, he, he, he showed his card say with how aggressive he's going to be. Uh, if Ron lets him be when the end of the first half was a pseudo disaster, uh, shaping up to be an ultimate disaster. Oh, yeah. And then, and then without fail, 10, 10 times out of 10, Turner would have just taken a knee and got yes. into the, uh, got into the halftime. First play, we're thrown again. Even though Hal just like completely forgot how to play football, cost us big time with the fumble, scooping score for uh, uh, Wiley sucks. By the way, Wiley really uh, sucks. Oh, well, we'll get yeah, to him. Not, Wiley he's not, sucks. He's not. He's not good. But despite all that, despite only making his second start, despite the fact that it's his first start in a new offense, despite the fact he's a fifth round pick, EB was like. Keeps it. and the throw he made to Samuel. We awesome. can talk about how liar if you want. He had he had some highs. He had mostly lows, but that throw is gave me more hope. I mean, that was a big boy throw, and that's the reason he's back there. The touchdown throw he threw was sick, uh, especially if you look at it from the uh, end zone angle. Uh, the throw to Samuel was big time. The run for the touchdown obviously was big time. So I'm pretty. I'm still just as excited about him now as I was before the game even though I think it was a bit of a humbling experience. I agree. Uh, but I was I was a bit stunned by how aggressive EB was after what transpired at the end of the half. I was like, is Ron cool with this? Because if he throws another pick, we are toast. <laughs> I, uh, but so we, got three, we got three points out of it. I wrote the very similar point. Now, the amnesia, basically, I think they said this, but basically, like, you know, as you said, he had the egregious cough of the ball that led that basically handed Arizona their only true points of the game. I mean – the big takeaway I want to give for the defense is the defense gave up six points today. Like you joked, Arizona may not score at the end of our last podcast. Arizona scored six points, in my opinion. Like yeah. the, they're, they're the, the field goal was a hand was a, was a gimme. I think the field the, the field goal drive, Arizona got one net yard on that field goal drive after I think it was the, the Howell interception off the PBU that the guy blocked and Zayvon Collins intercepted it. They got one net yard on that drive. And then of course, like Howell coughs it up right, right, uh, right next to the goal line. The dude picks it up and scores. Right. So really the defense only gave up two field goals on the afternoon, which I mean, you can't say much more about that. You should win games in those situations. Um, but anyway, that drive. So, Howell does that, and then he throws that dart to Samuel, which is just such a great throw. And I love that amnesia factor where he's like, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, we're not going to go conservative, to your point about just kneel, 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 and get get into halftime and regroup at that, like, which is Ron's MO totally. So I love that. So in terms of his progression and growth and things like that, one thing that kind of stuck out to me today was he held onto the ball a long time. Like he was holding yeah, on some, of, some of some of the sacks are on him for sure. Oh, I have, absolutely. Like they made, they highlighted that point about the fact that Arizona had six sacks today. And that was accurate. Obviously a lot of it was on him holding the ball. I don't know the rhythm and structure of this offense, obviously, but there was just a lot of times where he, it felt like the ball should have been out and it wasn't. And then he's reverting to kind of making some improvisational plays, which God bless him. He has the ability to do so kind of like the throw to, to Brian Robinson. That was very improvisational and it worked, 
but a lot of times it got him into trouble, particularly because our offensive line can be hot ass in, in many cases. We talked we talked about this uh, two weeks ago that like I don't worry about him with happy feet. Although I think he did get a little rattled today because he did get he got smoked a few times, especially that cheap shot in the first quarter. Like yep. that was as cheap that was as cheap as it gets. But we talked about like the one thing I do worry about is like he's gonna hold the ball too long at times. And there was a period of time where he reminded me a little like I don't want people to think I'm comparing him to this player. I'm not. But it felt a little wincy in the sense that, like, he held the ball, patted it, was waiting for his receivers to come open. And you just can't do that when the only legit lineman we really have is – I mean, Leno's decent. I thought Charles had a kind of a bad game, but he, he also got, like, stepped on and he got – the holding call was a terrible call. Like, that wasn't a hold. Cosby played pretty well. But, like, when you – I guess let's just, just sing a lot Wiley – when you got Wiley out there, like you, the ball has to come out on time. It's rhythm. He needs to learn to trust his receivers a little more. I think, like, uh, they're not just going to be wide open. NFL open versus college open is a way different thing. You know me. I'm never. I I didn't mince my words about Leno in in the in our preview podcast. I thought Leno was fine. I thought Cosme was fine. Um, I thought outside of one delayed blitz, blitz non pickup, Gates was fine. Uh, Wiley was ass. Oh, yeah, that, that was, yeah, he sucks. He's Wiley really was bad. Terrible. Like he was. He was the pocket instead of the pocket collapsing inwards, the pocket was col- consistently collapsing from the right side, and it was almost always Wiley. Wiley is the one who block who botched the block on the Howell throwing the ball on the ground and handing them seven points uh, situation. Yeah, like, he got beat to the end, he got beat to the inside, and then Howell. The, the rest is history. He was just he's just really bad, and I mean I said it smells a little bit like the Larry Brown contract bonus, and I'm I, I'm hard pressed to, to feel like it's going to go in another direction because so far the early returns are not promising. Uh, Sadiq Charles I thought was up and down, it's fine. I'm just you know I, I'm I, he, hasn't, he hasn't played a ton. I'm not worried about him. I'm so I'll see it when I believe it a little bit with him, but that's the one thing with Howell. Like, and again, this is just this is going to be comfort. Your point about him having to trust his receivers, I think, is a is very spot on. Like, he needs to. If you really go back and watch some of his plays, a lot of the passes or a lot of the 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 reps that he took, you could see that his first look was downfield. Like, there was a lot of shot plays that were built in today that he didn't take. Like there was a lot where his first progression was way down the field and he waited and he kind of was reading through the offense and reading through the offense and then waiting too long and then throwing it wherever he did end up throwing it. Um, Arizona started to sit on those in-breaking routes in the middle of the field towards the third quarter, kind of like knowing that this is where he's going to throw the ball consistently. And um, I don't know. It, it, I think, again, saying what you said he, earlier, that like he needs to start being a little more aggressive down the field to really make the defense pay. Because he can't. He really, he really only when his feet were set and he was ready to go. He really only missed one throw, and that was to Terry coming yep. across the middle. The one, yeah. And I was, and like this is why I think Howell has potential to be good. This is why I back Howell. I was surprised he missed the throw. Yeah, uh, that which which excites me, like because the amount of times while well, ball's been clear, I'm like I'm like sweet, oh sweet, Heineke has the arm strength to get it there or or whatever, but like. When he missed that throw, I was like, "Whoa, that's that's a bit uncharacteristic. Like, that's not going to happen that often." So that that was positive. The other the other thing, and again, I'm I am dissecting an NFL player's brain right now. Like, who knows what he was thinking? He might also he might be concussed for all we know because he got rocked on the sideline. I wonder if he lost trust in his checkdowns because Thomas dropped like four balls. Yes, I think that's a thing. Uh, like Thomas was really bad today. Thomas was really bad today. 
And it opened with his first throw. I th- if it wasn't his first throw, it was his second throw. He hit him in stride, in the hands, for a first down, and the ball went right through his hands. Three players were hot cups of diarrhea today. There were three, you know, just putrid bodily discharge. Well, we've talked talk about, talk about two. Who's the third? You should know who the third is. Thomas, Wiley, and, and uh, I would oh, say Antonio Gibson. I was just saying, it's Gibson. It's Why Gibson. can't he hold on to the goddamn football? It's incredible. I, I, I'm oh that train sailed, just, man. Like it's, I, I, just, I don't understand that that draw that fumble was a killer. We it was killer, and we were in rhythm. Like yeah, that, we were, that, we were, that's we were the rhythm. offense was humming, and he, it was so, it was deep in plus territory, and he, in like the first or second carry of the game, and he just coughs it up, and I'm just like seriously we spent two years harping on the fact that if nothing else just hold on to the fucking football and what do you do you don't hold on to the fucking football like that that was just awful just awful yeah. there was there was uh the the australian dude on twitter was like uh i'm not gonna put that on gibson it was it was uh, of course he doesn't he's such a contrarian he's like, was, he has to be a he's like it was a good play by the defensive player i was like dude i was like hey yes it was a good play like the guy peanut punched the ball out of out of him. That's what defensive players are taught to do. It wasn't exactly. Play. But guess what? When it constantly happens to the same person, it's not just a good play anymore. It's like he has a problem and he can't be trusted with the football. And he doesn't produce enough game changing plays to begin with to even like remedy the fact that he fumbles all the time. Give all his I mean, reps. It's, to it's a thing. It's a thing. Yes. Give all his reps to Rodriguez and if, go find Jared Patterson and go see if you can sign it or Jonathan yeah, Williams. Oh, I, I like both of them. Bring, yeah. bring them both back. Uh, I personally uh, strongly prefer Jonathan Williams, but whatever, right? Yeah. I'm saying like you're not the the, the drop off is not to use your term. Yeah. The value of a replacement player is equal for either of them, in my opinion, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, I, Gibson I Gibson's thing. Gibson's war in baseball terms not good. <laughs> we already brought. I love I love B rap though. That dude runs so hard. Yeah, my friends and I were getting into a little bit today because like I for some I think. He, we were like Robinson has him. He's a better pay, he's a he's a better pay, he's a better Peyton Barber. I still feel like that's watering him down a little bit. So that was one of the other takeaways I had for today. And you touched on it a little bit. I thought the enemy was a little pass happy. And oh, I don't at one at one point we had 30 passes to 13 runs. Yes, I thought that we, it was somebody one of my friends, <laughs> my friend Ari was joking. He was like, We were like, we're at a three to one ratio right now. Like, is this a run offense? Like, what's going on at the moment? And um and it, and so I was like, for whenever Robinson gets the ball, he's doing fine. But there was no rhythm, no consistency, no flow to him. And then the second half, he starts picking up more and more of those chunk plays. Particularly, I think, I don't know if the coaches got spooked or Howell got spooked, but they had that one stretch where they ran the ball like six times in a row or something like that. I think it was early second half, early, uh, late second half, early third quarter, something like that. But when the offense started getting in rhythm and started ripping off small, you know, bigger and bigger chunks of, of yards – it was finally that's when like like Robinson's over under going into the game was like I think it was fifty five or fifty six and a half and I was like that should be free money and like you only had like twenty nine at halftime yeah, I think yeah. he did hit sixty or something like that when it was all said and done but that well, still seems low to me the pass pro is not good but if you go look at when when Cosme I, I have no idea what his grades are right now but if you go look at Cosme's um, PFF grades basically his whole career. He's an elite run blocker and pretty like a mediocre uh, in pass pro. That sounds right. And those and those runs we had up the middle with Robinson were all right behind Cosby. There were big uh, gaping holes at times. I, I mean, they they were there. We just refused to run it for a while. And like it's, it, it was a kind of a, it was it was a fight for me internally because I was like, finally, we have an offensive coordinator who's not fucking scared. 
Uh, but I was also mm-hmm. like, we can't constantly be in third and 11. We have to like shorten. We have to shorten the field somehow, shorten the sticks somehow. Also, Powell's essentially a rookie and you're not doing anything to help him. <laughs> I thought outside of kicking ourselves in the dick in the, in the first half, particularly that stretch where we had three turnovers and four drives, I thought we were in – I don't even know if we had third downs. Like we were in second and manageable consistently yeah. because – the passes were go- were crisp and they were getting, you know, we we're getting chunk yardage or small chunk yardage. And like we were ahead, we never found ourselves in the, like we've started finding ourselves in the third and a mile in the third quarter when our offense is just completely discombobulated. And Arizona just started bringing zero blitzes relentlessly, knowing we couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that. Uh, the NFL is like such a, I mean, everyone says it's a game of inches. It like truly is. Yeah. If, if Gibson doesn't fumble, Let's just say we score a field goal. We go up, I think I think it was 7-3 at that point. We go up 10-3. And then if we don't, if if Howell doesn't fumble, then we go into halftime at that point up like 10-6, and we win by we win by probably I don't know, 17 points. It was seven and there were seven to six when when Gibson fumbled. And it was right off that big throw to, uh, that to uh Cole Turner. I think it was a yeah. 17 yards. There's another who rope. Needs who needs to play a lot more? So there was the pass to McLaurin that went for 19 to midfield. Then there was the pass to Turner that went to seven for another 17 yards. So at minimum, we lost three points there. At minimum. Yeah. Case okay, point being though is like we turned it over in inside the 10 yard line. No points. And then we turned it over inside our own 10 yard line and it was seven points for them. That's a most well, essentially a 14 point swing in the game. And yet we still won by four points. I mean, the Cardinals are not very good. They're not very good. I mean, you know, they made the point, and it's accurate, that, like, Josh Dobbs obviously just showed up, like, literally 13 days ago or something like that. And it wasn't surprising that they played well because I was joking that, like, that was just Washington luck, although you have to feel like Washington luck is changing a little bit now that, you know, we are undefeated under Josh Harris, uh, if you will. So, yeah, I don't know. It was it, – it, it, it's, as you said, a win is a win is a win is a win. It's nice. It's a nice takeaway. I think there was – I like again equated it to the tune-up game. It was nice to kind of highlight all the things that they need to work on when the lights are actually on, in the context of not having to play the Cowboys beating the shit out of the Giants, forty nothing. Jesus, yeah. How great is it not to be the blunt of some Sunday night, Monday night football game? You know, it's the <clears throat> it's the third uh, time in four years that we've won the opener under Ron. So we're one to know, and like we have an opportunity. I watched the Denver game today, and their defense is nasty. Uh, we gotta go back and, and watch the replay. I saw the Raiders won, but the Raiders won, but like their their offensive line really struggled with the Raiders. And you know, let's be honest, our line is sweet. Yeah. So even even the backups are good, in my opinion. I don't I know if they're good or if it's just a reality because they're playing with Allen and Payne in the middle. I saw that Sutton had a few had 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 a decent game today, which is like that hasn't happened in a while. Cortland Sutton, and then they were throwing to the other dude from New Orleans that that Peyton brought with him, Jordan, little Jordan. It sounds like little John, but anyway, anyway, that guy. Yeah, and then there's obviously Jamonte and Samaj P. Ryan. Their offensive line has always been a little bit of like a patchwork. They could never get it quite right, so like that's always promising. But yeah, I have to co- take a closer look at their defense because. I know it's good. And their defense, no their defense is good. And yeah. if we can find a way to win next week, then we're cooking. Right? Like, yeah. Cooking I, I really good. think I know it's early and that like every game is the most win in the NFL. But if you're two and zero, it really think it changes the dynamic of our schedule because our schedule in the back half is so hard. 
Yeah. Denver's the kind of toss up game that you have to win if you want to make the playoffs. Because you have the Denver uh, game, then you have the Buffalo game right after that. Then I feel like Philadelphia. And then you have right the now. Eagles. And then you have the Eagles. Yeah. So right. like you lose to the Broncos, you're staring at you're probably staring at one and three versus two and two. Eagles or did their best one. to hand the game to the Patriots today. They worked really hard. The Patriots wouldn't yeah, they didn't play, they wouldn't they didn't play very well, did they? I thought they were gonna boat race them. They were up like sixteen nothing ten minutes into the game. No, they 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 kept him around. Uh, also, so two other points to that. I mean, not to look way too far ahead, but uh, Chicago was bad. I mean, Chicago, like nothing changed there. Like, no, I know it's week one again. After this is almost a week you literally throw everything out the window, just ignoring anything that happened. I mean, last year we thought our offense was the '99 Rams after what we did against the the Jaguars. So it's like let's take everything with a colossal grain of salt. But like. The Bears' offense looked really bad. It looked exactly the same. Like, and again, I I don't say that with relish. I, I have an affinity for the Bears, and the same and same thing with like looking one week later. I mean, I know Bijan Robinson. Everyone's going to salivate over that because they had seventy five combined yards and a touchdown or something. Ritter looked awful, straight yeah, garbage. He's, he he's looked. Not, he's not good. I don't think he's good. That's I, I'm on the same page. I kept trying to see what everybody else is seeing. And I don't, like, think, oh, I don't, I don't think he was that good at. I don't think he was that good at Cincy either. Yeah, I I don't see it. So, you know, we to your point, we got to pick up all the wins that we can the first half because after that, that stretch oh, yeah. from the Eagles. There's at so home much par- there's, the weekend. there's so much parity in the NFL when you play a team like the Broncos that on paper were built in similar ways, like we're kind of similar teams. Uh, you have to find a way to win those games, especially if you can sneak a, a road win. Like that'd be huge because then you're coming home two and zero to a sold out stadium against the Bills. Team might be feeling themselves a bit, and you never know what's going to happen, right? You know, the Bills will obviously be favored in that game. You know, they could be 0-2 and we'd be 2-0. The Bills will be favored in that game. Uh, but it's the NFL. At that, point, at that point, once momentum starts building in the NFL, weird things happen, especially especially when you have Montez Sweat who's saying, give me a duffel bag of money. I, you know, I don't want to bring up the whole Chase Young situation and stuff like that, but I'm like, gee, if you're Chase Young sitting Dude, there. Trade, walking- trade, trade Chase for an offensive tackle right now. <laughs> I'm not going to go, go there just yet, but – it's hard to not. It's not. It's hard for that thought not to cross your mind at this point in time. Oh my god! I mean, uh, I've been so hard on Sweat. I've been waiting for this guy to break out for four years. I mean, he is a specimen in a game of specimens. Like he is a freak. Yes, uh, a freak of nature, and he abused the Cardinals today. I mean, yeah. he was. A lot of people early on were like, "I give credit to the media." They were like, "Look, we think Chase is going to break out." He's been so close for so long here. He always reminded me of Preston Smith, not because they went to the same school. Chase like, or Sweat? Uh, sweat. Okay. Sweat reminded me of Preston Smith because they were both so they were both specimens. They were both so close to having double-digit sacks. Sweat's never had double-digit sacks. And every play, they're like, oh, but look at his underlying stats. Like He's good against the run. He has more quarterback hits than anyone. But like, you get paid. talk about the underlying stats all the time. Yeah, you get paid as a defensive end for one stat. Your sacks. Your sacks. And his sack today totally changed. I mean, it, we didn't know it at the time, but it effectively ended the game because we go down score. And then you you reference it earlier. Allen or Payne has the tackle for loss on first down. Payne, by the way, might have been the best player. Payne might have. I, I wrote it on the field. Notes. First half, he not might have. He was the best player on the field. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was all wrecking as usual. Uh, I actually texted my buddies. I was like, Allen's been pretty quiet. And then all of a sudden, he blew up for multiple tackles for loss in a sack. Yeah. But you go basically. To reference what you said earlier, you go Payne, tackle for loss. Allen, Bradley King, tackle for loss. Sweat, strip sack, which Payne recovered. Curl also was this close to having a strip sack earlier in the game. 
But we go down and score a touchdown on Hal's. We scored two touchdowns on Hal's ability to improvise. Yes. Uh, uh, which we haven't had in ever. I mean, Heineke could kind of do it, but no one cared about his arm, so it wasn't that big of a threat. Right. But I will say that there's been very few moments in the last decade or even 35 years of my Redskin team commies fandom where I have been like so jacked up that I felt like I was part of the team or something. I don't know how to describe it, how I felt. No, I- uh, one of them was actually when I thought we were going to beat Brady in the playoffs with Heineke. That game uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> that, game, that game was wild. Yeah. But it was the – so we scored that touchdown, and then defense comes back out, and, like, you could just feel it. The they, stadium was wired. The players were so jacked up. And then when Curl had that tower for loss, which, by the way, he unloaded on Connor. Like, I didn't think Connor was getting up. I was jumping up and down because I was like, this is the team. We haven't had this energy, this, like – it felt like a college game. It felt like when – I dabble in like boxing and MMA a little bit and stuff like that, but it felt like a guy who got the shit beat out of him at the end of a round. And like, he walks up to the, to the start of the next round. He's getting the shit beat out of him again. And you're like, somebody's got to stop the fight. Like that's what our defense was doing to them. You know, it was, it was really fun to watch it. I mean, it it was because usually we're on the wrong end of that. Yeah. And I think, I think it totally changed the game. I mean, obviously, obviously it did, but I think like they have to punt. We get shafted on that. I still don't understand how we lost that challenge. But when we punted back to them, I think at that point Dobbs was I think Dobbs was sadly kind of comfortable in the first half. I mean, he wasn't gonna beat us with his arm, but like, you know, he had some time in the pocket, he had he had some throws to the outside because receivers were open. Those two drives totally shook him because then he's then he fumbled the snap. How many yeah. like you never see most of the time when they fumble snap, they just fall on it. It's over. He literally tried to pick it back up and then sweat just rocked him. They were uh, I don't know who I don't know who came up with the ball. I think it might have been sweat. I can't remember who it was either, but they were trying too hard, but they were rattled. They were definitely shook. You're, you're, they, were, they were shook. Yeah. And that's what like a stadium of 65,000 people can do when they're all rooting for the same thing and you have momentum. Between 95% or, I mean, nearly 100% capacity, if not 100% capacity, to your point, 90% of them are actually rooting for the right team. So, yeah, yeah it was. Isn't it crazy to think about that stadium had 90,000 seats in it in like 2000? 94.9, if I'm not mistaken, is what it hit when it hit max. It took- like, he took 30,000 seats out. 30,000 seats. Think about that. It's basically like <laughs> and he still couldn't sell it out. It was funny when the game first started, usually like usually you're so used to seeing the top part tar- tarped off and like these sporadic few fans in the top section like these big swaths of yellow in the middle bowl and like everything was like mostly filled close to kickoff time and I'm like this is impressive. This is this yeah, is yeah. different, right? At 8 o'clock my time, so 2 hours before kickoff, so 11 o'clock for you. I was looking at tweets already of like every person I was done was like, wow, there's the tailgating scene here is real. Like there's yeah. going to be a lot of like, this is not a, Oh, we're sold out from the team. Like there, everyone was there. Exactly. And that's exciting. That, that makes me excited, you know? And then obviously that drive, oh, man, I was so into it. I was like, God, this, Hey, I know our defense is already really that good. I think our defense is legit. I think so too. One interesting thing that's going to be, I'll be interesting to watch well, um, over the course of the year was that Arizona, I did like one thing they did, particularly in the first half, their game plan was to go lateral and just be like, fuck the defensive line. We're not even going to try to mess with that. Like we're just going to play on the oh, edges. Obviously our safeties and our secondary was fine, but like Jamin Davis was running around a little bit. Like he had a couple of moments. He did blow that wheel route. I think it was to Rondale Moore that big yeah. play down the sideline. He totally got, he, he totally blew that, which is very vintage. Jamin Davis. That's a, 
but that's also a tough that's also a tough assignment for anybody. it was but he got he was caught flat-footed peeking into that like that was that was a bad read like he he shouldn't have covered it that way anyway that's nitpicking um although it's the truth but like the teams that try to like line up and go against this defensive line is like good luck that you're, you're not going to win that fight like you need not. you need an elite offensive line to be able to run at us <laughs> they did not have an elite offensive line no and that's uh, why yeah they, they had they had back-to-back jet sweeps the second one of which was, I think, multiple handoff lateral and around. Hit. It was a full blown end around. Yeah, that hit. But you know who I was super impressed with today, mostly because I'd never heard his name until the last play was Forbes. Like, what? yeah, he had one. He got beat by. It was a third and there was like a third and seven. So the first third and five plus, where he where Hollywood Brown baited him a little bit, and like he hit a hard stop, and Forbes was a little ahead. But like other than that, Forbes was fine, if not very good. I, I think with cornerbacks, like, I don't want to hear his name. And if I hear his name, it's for two reasons. He either got beat or he has a you know nice play. And the only time I can really remember hearing his name is when he made – he read the route on 4th and 10, undercut it. He should have uh, had a Broke it up. He, he should have picked it, but, like, I'm glad he didn't pick it. Right. We also had, like, three balls that should have been picked today. Uh, yeah. Percy Probably. Butler basically Probably got – he basically, he basically got hit right in the, right in the numbers and just dropped yeah. it. But I, I – I bring up Forbes because, like, I he was like, I like the fact that we didn't hear his name. They they did try to throw deep on Fuller a few, few times, and as as Fuller does, steady as he goes. Yeah, you know, he was right there in coverage. Uh, I think I heard St. Jason one time the whole game, like one time. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think our defense might be top five. Like, I I I it's hard for me to separate from the fact that we just played the Cardinals and they had Dobbs, and I'm not I'm not afraid of anybody on that offensive. I was going to say, let's outside of more, they have no athletes on that, on that uh, offense. Our litmus test is going to be Philadelphia and Buffalo. I mean, even because I mean, yeah, to Denver to a certain extent, but I'm, I'm lukewarm on a lot of their playmakers. I'm not, I don't think there's, although they're tight end. I like Greg Dulcich a lot. I think he's going to, he's really, really good. I don't like anybody else on that offense that much. Um, Javante Williams is awesome, but like, I just feel like it's too soon from that really nasty knee injury. I know he's cleared to play, but I don't know how good he is actually based off the recovery. You wrote this down in your notes, but I'm gonna stick with defense for a second. Do it. I had no idea who Abdul Anderson was. He, yeah. So like, because you know, our our defensive tackle rotation is usually Payne, Allen, and then Ridgeway, and then Fedarian Mathis, and like for the ten minutes that he's healthy. And I'm like, who the hell is Abdul Abdul? And like, why is he making yeah. so many plays today? He had a he had a tackle for loss, and they're like, and there's Anderson, the six year vet, and I was like, hold up. Yeah, who? Who? Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. There was that shuffle pass that he completely blew up internally, and I was yeah, like, "Oh, up. yeah, good on you." Yeah, like nice job. Like, when, I didn't, when did we sign him? He, he didn't play in the preseason. I have no idea. I have no idea. But he he had a couple of moments, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, I thought he played well." Like yeah. legit. And it it only makes us better if we have some dude playing third string that's also blowing up because uh, we're gonna we're gonna need to be able to really rotate those uh, D tackles next week because we're playing yeah. Denver. Thin air, absolutely. Well, Pat's googling that. We'll put a pin on it from there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And Pat's gonna give us that answer. We will not sign off before he does because I want to find out the answer to this question as well because I have no idea. Because, but long story short, it's good that we're googling an answer to a question in that is good or that's a positive development. We signed him back in March. I'm I don't so- think he put. I don't think he played in the preseason. I don't even know who this guy is. Went to Bucknell. Bucknell. The mighty football yeah. school that is Bucknell. Spent 2022 with the Falcons, which they said on the on the broadcast. He had a he had a career high 40 tackles last year with a sack and multiple quarterback hits. I'll take it. Okay. 
I'll, I'll get you out of here, but uh, yeah, we're going to be Denver next week and we're going to be two and oh. You're here first, folks. And we're going to go into Buffalo three and oh, or Buffalo. We're going to have Buffalo. I'll be there. I will be, I'll be there know, in I'm section 400 something. Thank you for listening to the Hailsley District Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.